We've made it the second half of this hump day. That means the backside of the weekend is here on Main Street Sports Today. Coming up, we'll talk with Wes Rucker, 24-7 Sports, um, out of Knox, Vegas. Also, uh, we will have, of course, as always, this day in Braves history coming up in just a few moments and our Daily Braves segment. Um, and it is Wild and Wacky Wednesday, and the yowster over there has been uh, compiling these over the last couple, three weeks that uh, we haven't been able to fit in most, so... He is extra loaded for zany bear. and wild and wacky. So, um, you know, on those on the other side of the Duck River, you might want to cross over for uh, today's final segment. So, uh, back to the Hall of Famer and the Sundrop Kid, the zany one, Chris Yow. Welcome back in. It is time to talk, or time to gripe about the Atlanta oh, Braves. That's, that's what we're doing these days. Gripe. The daily gripe session. Brought to you by your business here yes <laughs> you get a national sponsor gripe water there we go <laughs> little stuff you give your kid when they're fussy when they're babies <laughs> i wouldn't know anything about that but um uh, that, that's new since my it's really just sugar water uh, that's new since my babies were babies so yeah. you know um atlanta has yet to win three games in a row this season we're we're 31 games in they've not won three in a row they have not started what they would call in Major League a streak. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty bad. <laughs> Nonetheless. By, by the way, for, for some that may be watching and listening, what does classify that per these terms? What? A, a winning, streak. A winning streak? A winning streak. Is just three games in a row. Three it games. It has happened. Okay. <laughs> But not two, for the Atlanta Braves. Apparently. So two in a row is a happenstance. Three in a row. Uh, now two, yes, a two in a row is two in a row. Yeah, <laughs> just just you, got, you got lucky. That's not a streak. Yeah. <laughs> so that's called a winning streak. It has that's happened. Was that streak. Bull Durham or was that um, the Natural? No, that was in Major League. Major League. There we yeah. go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Uh, just before they my start. baseball, movies. there were sprinkles of that in all of those movies. Yeah, but the the specific Back, one is, mm-hmm. is the major, major league. league. Okay. Today, the Atlanta Braves will lead off with Dansby Swanson. Yeah, because he's not doing anything in the nine spot, so let's move him up. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't really know what else we're gonna do because apparently, uh, I know what we should do. Ronald Acuna Jr. Well, is sitting, favoring his well, leg. He's got some knee soreness. Yeah, but here's what we should do. We should lobby for the DH in the professional level to be the same as the DH at the high school level, where it doesn't necessarily have to be, be the for pitcher. the pitcher. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. DH for Dansby and let Max hit. I mean, Ian Anderson is probably. Yes. Can't be any worse. Well, I don't know. 233 is not bad. But. Especially considering what some other folks are doing. Heck, Dansby's only four four hundredths of a. I'm sorry, yeah, four hundredths of a point behind Austin Riley right now. But that's that's neither here nor there. Uh, Orlando Arcia in the starting lineup today as a DH as a DH, which is interesting to me, I, and not that he's DHing, but I, I'm curious as to. Why he doesn't DH more often? Well, I, I'm curious as to why, if you've got Marcelo Zuna and Orlando Arcia in the lineup, 
why why Ozuna's yeah. playing left and Arcia's DH. I don't know why you don't just play Arcia in left anyway, anytime that that he's not that, playing right. Well, that Ronald is out. Yeah. Because clearly Demerit is your swing guy at this point. Yeah. So I that's a really good question, but it's it's one of many. There was a there was a tweet that said, you know, Brian Snicker is a good manager, but he does he makes some decisions that just cannot be defended. But it's like you said, though. I mean, what you gonna do with him now? Nothing you can do at this point. Uh, and he's 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 gonna manage the All Star team in July. I mean, he, Brian Snitker is a world championship manager. I mean, what if if there's just no, give it four years and he can be like Barry Trotz, I guess. I guess we can not pay him. See if he'll go to New York. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you got Swanson, Olson, Darno, Riley, Ozuna, and Albies, Duvall, Arcia, and Demerit tonight. And like you said, Ian Anderson on the bump. Austin Riley has has struggled a little bit this year. And, and I'm curious, and I don't know if you saw the retweet that I made last night, but Austin Riley, Dansby Swanson, by, by statistically is the best defender We've in had Major League Baseball. Statistically, Austin Riley is the worst defender in Major League Baseball. And yet we've seen him make some irrational plays. I think he's made some – I think – Austin Riley's issues have been with the throw. I mean, not with the fielding, right? I mean, when he's made errors, they've been throwing errors. They've not been fielding errors. Well, he made one mental one last night that cost well, us You were minutes. talking about that, and I was otherwise detained, so I was not able to see the game. But, I mean. He just thought he couldn't turn two and well, didn't want to give up the run, which it, is understandable. So I mean that's not a mistake. I mean he 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 made a judgment. I I mean could he have turned it? Yes, yes. They they probably would have turned. It. But had they not turned it, you didn't he go to the plate? Yeah. Right. Sure. Absolutely. And then obviously a home run. So did they get slam. the out at the plate? They did get the out at the plate. So but there was it was two a outs. second out. Yeah, there were two outs and but the bases were still loaded. And the bases were still loaded and. <laughs> And then Devers, yeah. <laughs> so it's just unfortunate, you know. It, it little things like that have have plagued the Braves, and when I say like that, just unlucky. Mm -hmm. And that's what you've been saying for the last six weeks. They've been unlucky, and that's pretty accurate. They've been unlucky. If you if you go look at things like if if you and this is what I told JP last week. If you look at things like exit velocity and. Uh, expected batting average and that sort of thing. Those numbers are high. So over 162, those are going to average out. Mm -hmm. And folks like the Mets whose average exit velocity is like 88 miles an hour, that's not going to that's not going to play for 162. So yeah, you can't tell Mets fans that though. The that's why like Matt Olson is not he obviously started out blistering hot. He's back up to 270, 13 RBIs, three home runs, you know, that sort of thing. But 
and Ozzy, who has struggled mightily of late for whatever reason. It's it's going to work itself out because they're hitting the ball hard, and those are going to fall. So it's just unfortunate that it doesn't happen against the 11 and 19 Red Sox. Yeah. Yeah. When you come in at 14 and 16. You feel like that's a team you should beat most of the time, and then you lose 9 to 4. Well, and and 9 to 4 was thanks to Tyler Thornburg not being able to throw a strike in the ninth inning. Who had been pitching really well up to that point, but... Well, I mean, you but, saw two pitchers last night who had been pitching pretty well, Kyle Wright being one of them. It was 6-4 to four in the seventh inning, and this is what I tweeted. Brian Snicker's casual ability to give up on baseball games is frustrating. I don't know why you're throwing Tyler Thornburg in that situation when you're down two. That wasn't who I was expecting to see. Exactly. Uh, I thought. And you've got an off day. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Why do you not just throw your guys? Throw your guys. Throw your guys. May 11th, 1977. Owner Ted Turner takes the Braves' managerial reins as its losing streak (laughs) sits at 16 entering the day. The streak would extend to 17 under Turner's leadership with a 2-1 loss at Pittsburgh before the National League removed him from the dugout in observance of a rule preventing owner-managers. Dave Bristol returned from a one-game sabbatical to lead the Braves for the rest of the season. Oh, by the way, Braves won 6-1 the next day under Bristol. Well, whatever you got to do. There you go. Just change it up a little bit. <laughs> new, new, Maybe new somebody voice. should pass this around to, along to... Change maybe, it up a little bit. Maybe so. Maybe so. Let's take a break. When we come back, Wes Rucker, 27, 24-7 sports. We'll talk all baseball right after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990. Or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931 388 
800-500-5731 and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student-athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries, and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in. It is Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao alongside Mo Patton, J.P. Plant on the controls, coming to you live from Columbia here in the Dimple of the Universe in Murray County. Glad to have you guys with us. The Southeastern Conference Baseball Tournament will make its way south on 65 and then west on 459 for about two and a half miles. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and down to the Hoover Metropolitan Stadium in a couple of weeks where... Affectionately known as the, Met. the Hoover Met. And hopefully, I guess, if we if we weren't busy that week with Spring Fling, I guess we could hitch a ride with the Dirt King, uh, Bill Marbit, who will certainly be down there. But uh, the number one team in the country will also be down there, hopefully sporting a number one seed, and they got to win a couple games to do that. Joining us now from 24-7 Sports is Wes Rucker to talk a little Tennessee Volunteers baseball after their first series loss and first road series loss since 19, I think. Uh, Wes, how's it going, man? Well, other than the fact that it's Daddy Daycare Day, I'm, uh, I'm hanging in there. I've never done that. Got, got a teasing. Got a teething five-month-old who, mm. uh, you know, hopefully the baby Jesus stays asleep for the next few minutes so we, we can we can make this work. But, Good uh, luck. Yes. Well, that's well, a, I'm not doing great. So. We, if you have to duck out, we understand. We understand. So, oh, if he cries, if he cries, you'll hear him, and then you'll hear the corgi barking to let everyone know that he's awake. <laughs> and by everyone, I mean me. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll you knock on the neighbors. We'll, we'll be all right. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Oh, man, that's good. That's good to hear. Yeah, Tennessee coming off of a series loss to Kentucky, bounces back last night with a big win over Bellarmine. Got Georgia this weekend, the second-place team in the SEC East, and not a not an easy series to, to try and wrap up the number one seed in the SEC West. Yeah, it's it's a good series. I mean, you know, Tennessee, it's so hard to go through an entire SEC season and not and not drop one. You know, I mean, Arkansas did it last year, but it is very, very rare. Tennessee, you know, 13 inning game last week. If that had, you know, ball had been a couple inches the other way, we're probably sitting here talking about Tennessee finding a way to win another series. So uh, they didn't play their best ball. That's going to happen. I don't think there's any reason for alarm bells, though. I, 
baseball is a long season. You're, you're going to have some, some moments here and there, some blips. I, I think Tennessee, it was probably the, the worst weekend that Tennessee played. But I also thought Kentucky played really, really well. Kentucky beat Georgia in a series in that field. Uh, the weather was miserable all weekend, and it was pouring down rain, and the guys are cold. You're in the visitor's dugout, nowhere to go. I'm not in the excuse-making business, but I- I'm not going to make too much of last last week either. Now, if they struggle this weekend against Georgia, maybe you're talking about something different. But I, I think, generally speaking, I think they're fine. I think they could play better, obviously, than they did last weekend. But, you know, it's – it's the SEC is a, a, a meat grinder, and you're going to lose some, and that's what happened in Tennessee last week. Wes, anytime I went to Lexington for football, it was cold and wet. I didn't realize it applied to baseball as well, though. Yeah, it's no matter what, no matter what sport it is, no matter. I mean, I and and God bless them. I have family in Kentucky. My mother's people are Eastern Kentuckians. I'm proud of it. And uh, that it's a beautiful part of the country. The five days a year that the sun shines. Other than that, it's uh, it's it's rough uh, every time. I don't care what sport Tennessee's playing. I don't care what time of year it is. Uh, when Tennessee goes up I seventy five a couple hours playing Lexington, the weather sucks. It just does. Sucks out loud. It happens every single time they play in any sport up there, and it's just sort of the way it is. I don't disagree. Wes Rucker of twenty four seven Sports with us here on Main Street Sports today. You know, despite the the series loss, again as Wes said. Not a whole lot of reason to panic for 43-6 and six overall, 20-4 and four in SEC play, Tennessee. And you play in this league long enough, you're going to get bit. I mean, the defending national champion is 25-24 and 24 overall, 9-15 and 15 in league play. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's an unforgiving league. Yeah, and, and there have been times in the past, even in the past couple of decades, where Tennessee would have a couple major leaguers on its team and still not even make it to, to Hoover. I mean, it's just it, it's an absolute grind of a league. And I think that puts into perspective what Tennessee's done to this point. I mean, you know, I, I think uh, in their minds, I don't think they were really thinking about beating that Vanderbilt 26-3 and record from a few years ago. But, you know, anytime you can make history, it's a neat thing. Um, and Tennessee it, it could have done that maybe. Uh, it just It just fell short. Uh, kicked a ball at the wrong time against Alabama, uh, you know, ha- had a tough one uh, there at Kentucky in the weekend, and, and it's just sort of the way that it's gone. Auburn's a good team and took one from them with an, a late-inning ambush there. And, uh, you know, it, it's just kind of going 20-4 and four in this league uh, through the first eight weeks is remarkable. It's it's absurd. And the fact that, that Tennessee's even done this, I mean, think about this. W- with six games left to play in the season, in the SEC season, Tennessee's got a four-game lead in the for the overall SEC standings. That's just preposterous. And I know Arkansas and Tennessee haven't played this year, probably the two best teams in the league, but still, it's just it's a grind, and the fact that they've gotten to this point, it's pretty remarkable. No doubt. Um, Wes, as you look at the college baseball landscape, and this 43-6 and six kind of sticks out like a sore thumb, you, you wonder – what it would take, one, for them to not be the number one national seed um, come Memorial Day. Yeah, I think in order to not be the number one overall national seed, they would have to lose, you know, another series here in the final two weeks and then maybe not win any games in Hoover or something like that. If that that combination of things happen, because Oregon State's playing well. uh, But I do think – 
half of the polls kind of switching it up and going Oregon State one, Tennessee two. Maybe not the major polls, but but there are six polls and half of them went for Oregon State this week. Maybe that's boredom. I, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe some were just waiting for Tennessee to to drop a series so they could make a move at the top. I, I don't know. But when you look at it metrically, it's not even close. Uh, Tennessee is uh, – they did that graph, of the D1 stat guys, a couple of weeks ago where they do that chart of, you know, if you're over here to the right and up toward the top, you know, you're, you've got the best chance or, or the best team and the best chance to win the national championship. And Tennessee was like in the polar right top corner of the map. And every other team was some, some degree of far away from that. And, and it's, it's that, that's what Tennessee has done statistically this season. So, uh, but I will caution everyone. It's been, I think more than 20 years, maybe 23 years or so since the number one overall national seat has won the college world series. Uh, it's just not something that normally happens. It happens. Teams get hot at the right time. Guys come back healthy. You know, you're set up well for that ballpark in Omaha. You just, it, it, it's like you go to Vegas and you get on a heater at the right time. You're going to walk away with, with everything. And that's, that's sort of what, um, what it takes to win that thing. So the best team, almost never wins that tournament, but you are at the end of it, the national champion. So that's just like in major league baseball, right? The team with the best record doesn't win the world series every single year. It just doesn't happen. So it's not, it's, the, it's yeah, not yeah. the best team. It's the best team right then. Sure. And, and that's why if you're, if you want to be concerned that Tennessee just lost its first series of the season. Okay. Uh, I never look at any sec series loss on the road as a disaster. I just I, – I don't think that's fair. This league's ridiculous. Uh, you, you lose a couple at home, okay, maybe that's a little bit different. But, you know, Lindsey Nelson's kind of become like a little Castle Grayskull or something. It's It gets rowdy in there, and it's really hard to beat Tennessee in there. And credit to Auburn and, and Bama for getting one because that ain't easy at all. Um, but to, to your point, you get to the postseason, you know, you just got to win that regional. You got to win two of three in the Supers, and then you got to get hot in Omaha, and you got to have a team built for that ballpark. And then people say Tennessee, with all that power, maybe is not built for Omaha, which kind of is like Yellowstone in terms of getting it out of there. It's just a big, big yard. Um, but Tennessee's also pitching in that same ballpark where it hits all those homers, and it's got the best ERA in the country. So, I, you know, if you were to build a team from scratch and say, I want this team to win the College World Series – it would look like Tennessee's team because you play mostly really good defense, absolutely elite hitting, absolutely elite starting pitching, and a really, really darn good bullpen uh, with some really good numbers in there too. Uh, so th they just don't have a lot of missing pieces other than they have a left fielder playing catcher. And so you can run on them. That's their only problem. But you have to really dig deep to find a reason why this is not the best team in the country. You have to find a way to get Evan Russell on the field though, right? You absolutely have to get that bat in the lineup. And Tennessee, it's an interesting story. Tennessee had a couple of other options at catcher that, that were supposed to come through this year and didn't. Uh, the kid, uh, I think uh, Colton Kessler is his name, was Kentucky's catcher last year. Uh, he was going to transfer to Tennessee, and he'd gone through the portal, was going to come to Knoxville. And then he just decided at the last minute, you know what, I'm going to go play pro ball, even though I didn't get drafted. And that guy's a really good catcher. So that was another. That was one of the plans. Then a kid from West Virginia their starting catcher, uh, a guy with a really good bat, he's he goes in the portal. He actually transfers to Tennessee, and then he decides, you know what, I don't think I want to play baseball anymore. So then Tennessee goes, oh, bleep, and has to figure out. And this is a true story. They tried Evan Russell and Trey Lipscomb at catcher in the fall, 
and we're like, okay, whoever's better at this, you're going to be the catcher because that's what the situation is right now because both your bats have to be in the lineup and uh, this team needs a catcher. So Evan Russell did it better. So Evan Russell ended up being a catcher. Uh, and Evan Russell, when he was a true freshman uh, at Tennessee, a walk-on, he still is a walk-on actually. He's never cost them a scholarship penny at all. He hmm. goes in there and yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um, college baseball, 11.7, it's a crime. But you you look at it and he tried to play catcher as a freshman and was so bad at it that Tony Vitello laughed and was like, no, no, just, just go to left field. That's, this isn't going to work. And then a few years later, they're like, Oh crap, this has to work. And so they find a way to make it work. And, you know, I think some of the, some of the pitchers take a little too long on the mound. I don't think those, all those stolen bases are on him, Uh, but yeah, they have a catcher playing left field. And that's the only thing that you look at and go, well, if I get on base, I can, I can, I can run on them. But you got to get on base and not easy to do against yep. those four starting pitchers or that bullpen. So, and, and you, you feel like Evan's probably going to drive in more runs than he's going to let in. So it's, you know, it's a net I mean, positive. I mean, D1 still ranks him as a top, yeah, D1 still ranks him as a top 10 catcher, I believe, in the country, even despite some of those defensive numbers. So that tells you with his OPS and all those things, the offensive value. And I love looking at the numbers. I don't know how they compile some of them, if I'm being honest, but you look at those kind of war numbers and those things and, he, he he's a net positive for sure. But uh, you, if you get on base with those pitchers taking too long, you, you can get a chance to run on them. But yeah, you got to get on base against those pitchers and they don't walk anybody. So good luck with that. You know, it's, it's interesting that you, you say that because these, this pitching staff is, is built for tournament baseball, right? You, mm-hmm. you look at most sec teams have, Two good pitchers, maybe three if they're lucky. This team has five, <laughs> five guys who can go out yeah. and give you a, a decent, you know, five innings of starting baseball. And, and honestly, I would say it's probably six because I'll put Xander Seacrest in that sure. group too. He's been their midweek guy, but his his numbers are asinine. I mean, he's he's a lefty who throws ninety miles an hour, but he cuts the ball. He he varies his windup. He he is kind of tricky to face. He hides the ball from you. So yeah, I mean, they got four four first round guys uh, who are who are in that starting rotation. Again, I say four guys who will go in the first round in the next three years, and, and those are your four guys. And then Cam Sewell, who would start just about anywhere else through like a, what, a seven or eight inning, whatever it was, two hitter against Florida last year in the tournament. <laughs> He's there too. He'd start anywhere. And then you look at, uh, you know, you, you I would say that Xander Zekris is in that group. And then you've got Will Mabry, who maybe could do it. You know, you, you've got a, a lot of guys, freshman White Evans, who's got really good stuff. Uh, and, and Vitello swears that Ben Joyce could throw six, seven innings if he needed to. And, and so you look at that and, and Redmond Walsh's arm just – never falls off. He's one of those kind of everyday Eddie Guardado types. You just give him the ball every day and he's all right. You know, he only throws 86 anyway. So just, just let him go in there and throw it and cut that change in there. But yeah, it's, it's um, when you look at their numbers pitching wise compared to the rest of the field, and then you consider what ballpark they play in. It's a little bit crazy. I mean, whatever they pay Frank Anderson, uh, he, he, he's earned every penny. Wes Rucker, 24-7 Sports, with us here on Main Street Sports today. Wes, um, as you talk about UT baseball, this team has been so good, and they've, they've recruited at such a high level, but it's a different thing when you get there. There's a couple of guys that we've not heard a whole lot out of this year from this area, Elijah Pleasant and Christian Scott from the Clarksville area. Where are, where are they right now? 
Well, you know, Elijah actually is a kid who's now at Dallas Baptist, and I oh. I, I thought that, I yeah, didn't realize yeah, but, he had but, left. No. Yeah, because he wanted more of an opportunity in Dallas Baptist, which, as you know, a ranked team uh, gave him a chance to be in the weekend rotation to open the season, and he still struggled a little bit, mm. which is which is frustrating for me because one, Elijah is an awesome kid, mm-hmm. and two. He's got great stuff. He throws a really heavy fastball, a lot of movement for a righty, got good velocity. There is a lot to like about him, and I hope that at some point he gets that thing squared away because he has an arm that could get him some money playing this game. Uh, you know, I don't, are you a major league? I, I don't know. But you, you, he's got a chance with his arm to do some stuff, and I hope that he's able uh, to get it done. Maybe with the COVID year he could do that uh, next year, hopefully. But um, And Kaveras uh, Tears is a kid who I, I like a lot Tennessee likes a lot his his offensive pop uh is pretty ridiculous some of his exit velocity numbers uh in BP and in their scrimmages are really really good the problem is where are you going to play him in this in this team right now I mean you know Kyle Booker doesn't play every day and Christian Moore who might be a first-round pick in a couple years he doesn't play every day Blake Burke who might be a first-round pick in a couple years he doesn't play every day so it's kind of like, you know, he's a first baseman, corner outfielder. Where do you, where can you get him at bats right now? Seth Stevenson, a guy who could be a fifth or sixth round pick this year, doesn't start every day. Uh, and Jared Dickey, when he's healthy, has to be in the lineup. So they, they there's just nowhere to play him. So they they said, you know what? We like this kid a lot. Let's redshirt him. Let's make sure he's cool with redshirting. And and then let's let's roll with him for a couple of years after this. You will hear his name in the future, I think. He If he sticks with it and – you know, kind of stays on that Trey Lipscomb uh, sort of mindset where I'm going to wait till I get my turn and and then I'm going to play. Because uh, Logan Steenstra, another guy on this team, could play anywhere. Doesn't play every day. Hits like 340, elite defender up the middle, six foot five. He doesn't play every day. So it's not an insult. Uh, it's kind of like if a guy at Alabama doesn't play as a freshman in football <laughs> or Georgia right now, you're like, that doesn't mean he sucks. That just means that look at the team. You know, uh, I, I think I think tears is a name you're going to hear in the future because uh, he, he's a hard worker. He, he's got great pop at the plate. And and I, I like him as a prospect. Wes Rucker, 24-7 Sports, <clears throat> joining us today. Wes, we appreciate your time, man. Anytime, guys. Anytime. All right. When we come back, it's Wild and Wacky Wednesday. We give you the weirdest and wildest news from across the world. So stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 
or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Yeah, welcome back in to Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. It is Wild and Wacky Wednesday, where we give you the weirdest and wildest news from across the world. Excited to have you guys with us here on this Wednesday edition. And we have a lot of great stuff coming up later this week. We have our normal 215 guest on Friday, Jeff Hem, And we told you earlier that we have Pete Weber joining us on Friday at 3 o'clock tomorrow. A couple of unique guests that we've not had before. One of them uh, on Coach's Corner will be a little homecoming for Randy Kaufman. Newly named Page Girls Basketball Coach Randy Kaufman, formerly at Riverdale. Dyersburg before that. Most recently at Lakeview Christian up in Outside of Knoxville. Middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, White Pine is the address. It's in Jefferson County, just past Knoxville on 75. Not White Pine, but White Pine. White Pine. Because that's how you would say it there. All right. Just for those of you who are not from here. Yeah. Makes a difference. And and Christopher Martell. That's it. Christopher, um, Chris Martell. Author of Tales from the Nashville Predators Locker Room will be joining us at three o'clock tomorrow to talk Nashville Predators. We're going to talk, yeah, a lot of Nashville Predators. We're going to talk a little hockey. I mean, it's we we need to figure some things out, <laughs> no doubt. Some positive news yesterday after, as folks were cleaning out their lockers talking to some media, some positive things come out of it. So I'm looking forward to talking to those two, uh, Chris Martell and to Pete Weber later this week. Let's go to the weirdest and wildest news from across the world, and we will start in Texas. All right. Texas. Yes, Texas. Not Florida, man. Texas, man. <laughs> it's actually a Texas woman. Texas, 30, even better. 
$34.99 a woman spent at a Goodwill. $34.99. On a single product. Wow. A Goodwill? This is what, and it wasn't like furniture. That's what got me. I'm like, there's not a lot of things at Goodwill that cost $34.99. That aren't furniture. Right. Oh, okay. Well, it happened to be a, just like a piece of art. Like just a statue of a head. Turns out, for a marble bust, if you will. Um, The 52-pound marble bust. 52 pounds. 52 pounds of marble. For thirty-four dollars and ninety-nine cents. That's pretty good. Turns out to be a two thousand year old Greek artifact. Hello. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Got a bargain. So this was like four uh, let's see. She told CNN that she has been reselling her antique finds since 2011. After the transaction, she wanted to do some digging to see if it had any history on it, and boy did it. Uh, yeah. Hold on a second. You said did some digging. I did. Well done. Um, you heard that? Hey, it, it, and, and he wasn't even trying. Sometimes the best ones you don't, right. you're not trying. Oh. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it, it was housed in a replica of a Pompeii home, and uh, was commissioned by King Ludwig of Bavaria. So how about that? So what you're telling me is this was worth significantly more than $34.99. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Yes. yes. I hope she got her $34.99 back at least. I feel like she did. <laughs> and then some. Maybe. Maybe. Let's stay in Texas. Why not? It's big enough. There's plenty of crazy people out there. <laughs> and from KXAN Television, NBC affiliate out of Port Arthur, Texas. At least someone got their lawn mowed during an April 1st burglary. Have you seen this story? No. The Port Arthur Police Department posted about a bizarre incident in their town when apparently they were looking for a suspect who had stolen a lawnmower but before they stole the lawnmower, they mowed the grass of the person they stole it from. In hopes that they wouldn't miss it, maybe. For at least for a minute. Yeah, that'll give you a little uh, leeway. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's actually pretty genius. That's, yeah. Because I don't look for my lawnmower until, until I I'm ready to mow. use it. <laughs> so... <laughs> hey, what are the rare times you've got a smart criminal? Right, as opposed to a dumb criminal, yeah. he mowed the front and the backyard. Wow. Okay, <laughs> and took and just like dragged it by. It's a push mower. Well, <laughs> he, even even more so, it, it it makes it less suspicious when you mow, and then at the end of mowing, you just, you just take it with you as if you were the it's supposed to be there. Mowing. I, was, I was mowing. Yeah. Act like you've been there before. Boom. This is. <laughs> can we give Marcus Hubbard a little credit here? Let's just give him a little credit because I, I'm just saying. We'll give him a one ding. He really, he he, he really thought this, thought this out. out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this wasn't a crime of opportunity. He he intended to do this. You know what? I'm still in that guy's get, mower. I'm gonna get this mower, but first. I'm going to kind of lay the groundwork here. Now, now, the only the only issue is that all that effort to get something like a mower. A push mower. A push mower at that. I mean, those are what? Oh, we're not done. Oh, there's more. 
but, but he but, abandoned. But, but, but before you go though, I mean a push mower is what? What's a push mower these days? I'm not bought uh, one in a while. Less probably, than a hundred uh, bucks. Not they're about one fifty now. A decent oh, one. Okay. Yeah. All right. But All still. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. He abandoned it in an alley down the street. Like the same day. Yes. I guess I think police were coming. Okay, there's a video of him okay. mowing the yard. So apparently, this guy probably had a ring camera and it said, "Hey, there's motion outside your house," and gotcha. he sees a guy mowing the yard. So he he waits till the guy finishes, <laughs> calls police. Now he's smart. <laughs> smart victims too. On top of everything, That's right. wow. This may be the most. <laughs> there's a lot of intelligence going on in this. These, Impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. We'll wait till they're finished. So, the yard really needs more. <laughs> so, this dude got arrested for stealing a mower that he didn't even keep. He has not been yeah. arrested yet. There's just a warrant out. He, 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 that's why he abandoned the mower so, oh, he, had could, found him. Yeah. so he could run. Well, that makes sense is why he abandoned the mower. Yes, it does. I mean, mower would slow <laughs> you down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Especially a push mower. Who's tried to run? Who's tried to run with a push mower? Uh, Could you imagine it, no. not be, it being a riding mower though, and you're just like leading them on a a turtle speed chase? Uh, you know, what? hey, it worked for the possum. Put that thing, put, put that thing on the on the rabbit. Oh goodness, have, have you seen that something? <laughs> there's a video of um, they call it a Canadian car chase. Where both the car and the police are like on ice and they're just, oh, no. oh, wow. just spinning their wheels behind each other. Yeah. Such a that's such a perfect metaphor for life in so many instances. Ooh, isn't it's it? so good. Yeah. Well spin those wheels. Spin those wheels. Mm-hmm. We'll just wait. We'll, we'll keep these next two for next week because it is time to get out of here on Oh, that's it. Wild and wacky. Not oh, a moment good. too soon. I have a couple of, I have a couple good ones, but they can wait because they are. They'll uh, save. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah, they'll save. They've got fine. some shelf life. They do. They do. Okay. So we will come back tomorrow. Going to be a great show at two o'clock, as always, right here on Main Street Media Outlets. We appreciate it. But by, by the way, I urge folks to go find our Twitter. Uh, and and check out the new um, profile pic that Chris has created for us. I think I'll probably need to go check out. Let's go check it out at ms underscore sports today. Yeah, and uh, again, I will uh, I will post that TikTok dude story because it's a great story. Yep. Okay. So y'all go read it. Pete Weber's in, in mentioned in everything. So. We'll be back tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Appreciate you guys hanging out. For JP and Mo, I'm Chris saying have a great day. See you then.